This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. This is the most exciting preamble we've ever had, I think. Hands down. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Most of, we're just then, talking uh, about air conditioners, fans. I mean, like, it's kind of like how you, fucking dare you. you. Said, I dare you, you to said, get a ceiling fan. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam, here for another podcast that just talks about movies. Today, we're coming to you live from a uh, is it bow and arrow. Is that right? An arrow sailing through the sky. An arrow like sailing Ant-Man. through the sky. Like Ant-Man. We're riding, yeah, we're yeah, riding, riding on it. the tip. Our social well, we distancing gotta, we gotta, rules. We gotta hurry up, because we're about to hit something. That's right. Yeah, we gotta... Eh, I mean, the way time travels... Eh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Race for uh, impact. Our social distancing rules of six feet has now been changed to six inches, so... Just yeah, so because with the size we are right now, six feet is like it's a very it's a very far distance. Yeah, so, significant, yeah. substantial distance. And uh, before, and before anybody goes off and says liars, I see the bookshelves and everything. Yeah, we shrunk those too. Yeah, we're in the... <laughs> we put all our bookshelves on top of this arrow. Yeah, and we we, we set up we set up like a windscreen so like the the air isn't messing up our hair. Yeah, we're in a little box on a, yeah on another box. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we are sponsored by strings, which nobody seems to be buying right now. Yeah, um, no strings, no strings on me. No strings on me. <laughs> so that joke's funny if you say that. So yeah. <laughs> I, I just teed it up for you, and then you launched it out of the park. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate you were that. Set up out of the punchline. Nice. Um, today, you two have strings, but I know I lost those long ago. He's <laughs> got no strings on him. There uh, are no strings on me. In case you can't tell, we're going to be talking about Pinocchio today. I mean, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, we're going to be talking about Pinocchio. It's through his heart. All right. <laughs> that's that's probably it was going to be his nose. This is messy, boy. This is messy. <laughs> today, uh, we're going to be talking about Age of Ultron and unpopular opinion. We like Ultron. I'm sure that is not a hidden fact on any of our episodes from the past. Yeah. Um, but we decided we wanted to talk about it at great length. I'm looking at myself right now, and I can't see my mouth. And I feel like to be a sex icon, people need to be able to look at my mouth. Um, because <laughs> this is also going to go up on YouTube. So if you're listening to this uh, through podcast uh, net- networks, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google, um, your mom's CP radio, who cares? Uh, CB? What kind of radio? Ham radio. Who cares? <laughs> uh, then also make sure you go and check it out on YouTube, because that way you can see our lovely faces. Anyway, let's jump right into the ingestion. All right, so, Lucas, what have you seen, uh, heard, listened to, read? All right. Uh, I, w- I've been watching Daria, an animated show from, is it the 90s or early 2000s? When was when did that uh, come out? Started in 97, ended in okay. 2003, I think. Okay, cool. I'm in like season two, and I feel like... While I'm watching this show, I feel like I have cracked open Liam's head and just have experienced his his entire being. Like, <laughs> I just feel like Daria is what it is like in Liam's head. At this point, should we even continue with the show? <laughs> like, like you know everything about this guy. We don't really yeah. need to do it anymore. What I are you going to watch I, for me? I don't know. I don't I've know. seen just, Back to the Future. Yeah, so. just watch a lot of porn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, uh, I'm really enjoying Daria. It's very funny. Uh, I know I said to Liam at one point, the animation is definitely not uh, expensive. <laughs> MTV it's, it's was pretty, famous pretty for cheap animation. What was that? Uh, MTV was famous for not 
especially having being especially bold in the artistic department. <laughs> well, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. It's uh, very funny. Uh, that's really all I have to say about it right now because I'm not you, done. Uh, have you? Uh, what's your favorite episode so far? Because uh, from what you've described, you're at, you've probably seen seen some of my favorites. Uh, the one where the 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 legacy football player dies. Oh yeah, that's one of my yeah, favorite episodes. That's, that, that's my favorite episode so far. Uh, also, have you gone to uh, the art one? Uh, oh, where they where they vandalize their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one's good too. I really I feel like, like that we're one. Uh, we're actually on episode thirty seven right now because you guys did this with Bebop as well, and I'm yeah. I'm left out. <laughs> Liam Liam's just been uh, lending me his favorite shows, so I've been yeah, watching them. I'm left out. Uh, but it's it's a really really good really fun show, really smart. I think it's I f- I sometimes feel like it's a little bit too cynical for my tastes occasionally, but generally it's not. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. I also watched this series called uh, A Letter for the King. I think it's called. Uh, it's a, it's a Netflix thing. It's it stars the guy who plays uh, Will in um in his Dark Materials. Oh yeah, yeah, really? right on, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a pretty typical fantasy series. Uh, I was really enjoying it, and then then it ended, and the ending was really dumb. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, or they're like, you gotta take uh, this this ring to Mordor. <laughs> they're 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 taking a letter to the king. <laughs> oh, does he read it? And it just says while, like while being eggs. pursued by while being pursued by Red Riders. <laughs> yeah, they get the letter to the king, and it just says like. Eggs, milk, cheese. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the ending. I I really really didn't like the ending because it was, I don't know. It was they didn't really earn it, and also it was just dumb. It, it was it was awful. But it also it, it's uh, the other co-star is Andy Circus's daughter. Huh. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. 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 Andy Circus is in it as well. He plays her dad. Fittingly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's only yeah. in like one episode, but uh, he's always it's always fun to see Andy Circus when he's not in the mocap suit. Yep, which we will get into greater detail later on in this yes, episode. Yes, we will. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've still been playing a lot of Bannerlord. <laughs> I believe it. Uh, they've been patching it a lot, so there's a, way fewer bugs now. Well, there's, still, there's still a lot of them. Doesn't that get but, rid of the uh, realism? No bugs? <laughs> they've been going around swatting all the mosquitoes in-game. <laughs> in-game. Yeah. <laughs> There's an infestation. Everybody's going to get yeah. digital malaria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've been playing a lot of D&D. And that's basically how I've been spending my time. <laughs> Liam, right, go ahead. Um, well, it's my turn now? It's, yeah. yeah okay. I'm, di- I'm um, dictating this one. <laughs> Not like that's any different than usual. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, just to keep things simple, uh, the biggest thing I'll, I'll talk about is I watched a little film called Ready or Not. Um. I know you've seen that one, Christian, and my friend. The Wait, other what's the Christian, movie called? Uh, I'm ready. Ready or not? Yeah, I'm ready. Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. What's the title? <sighs> Fuck my life. <laughs> Next uh, week on Daria. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, but like, uh, um, it was recommended to me. Uh, I know, uh, Christian, you saw it back in like when it came out. Yeah. And so did another friend of mine, also named Christian. Um, <laughs> so I figured, uh, you know what? Why not give it a watch? Uh, I'd have too much free time. And uh, I really, really liked it. It's one of the most fun I've had watching a movie recently. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, what is it? Essentially follows a uh, I was a young woman who's marrying into a uh, pretty well off family who run a who run a games empire. Um, but unbeknownst to her is that uh, um, is that apparently when you marry into a family, uh, they all they have this tradition where they all play a game, and uh, she draws the card that's hide and seek. Uh, but their version of hide and seek is them just trying to relentlessly murder her before the sun comes up. Hmm. Um, and it's essentially, uh, it's a horror comedy in the same vein as something like Cabin in the Woods. Um, where it like has that very, uh, uh, was it snappy dialogue, very, um, very absurdist violence and, uh, and horror elements. Um, and, uh, an ending that's very fitting. Well, let's- Let's say very fitting, fitting, but very outside the box. Yeah, I'd say it's within the box of the book, or sorry, the movie. Yeah, like, but I mean, you, generally... you kind of expect it to happen, and when it happens, you're, it's but it it is very um, rewarding. I would say. I mean, just if for movies in general, like typically pretty outside the box for what you think of when you go to see a horror movie. I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, but like uh, all the acting is great. I really, uh, I'm really. This is the second thing I've seen. Uh, uh, Samara uh, weaving, yeah. Samara Samara Weaver, Weaver. um, and 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 uh, I'm actually and I and I mean I really like I really liked her in Guns Akimbo. I really like her here as well. Um, it was cool to see uh, Adam Brody because I haven't seen him in anything for a while actually. Yeah. Um, but he's just I don't know. Overall, I uh, I really enjoyed it and would recommend if you just want. Of something just actually fun and enjoyable to watch while you're stuck in everybody's shitty circumstance right now. Yeah, it's ironic how it's a movie about being stuck somewhere. <laughs> I wonder how many people are watching movies where, like, unintentionally watching movies like that, like watching Cube or The Game. Is The Game a, an isolation movie? I don't know. I don't know anything of this. I don't according, know. According to Netflix, for the first couple of weeks of quarantine, uh, Contagion was one of the most watched movies. Yep. It got knocked off. Like now, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's like ti- even Tiger King isn't number one anymore. So I know everybody, everybody watched uh, it and uh, forgot too, about too it. Too hot to handle was was number one uh, last I checked. I, I mean, I know GI Joe was somewhere on the list for some reason. Which one? <laughs> the second one? Uh, you have a second one. I mean, good, the um, good one. I mean, the better one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, why is everybody watching this right now? Eh, I don't know. All right, um, you watch any? See anything else, Liam? Um, one thing I did watch, I watched it a little while ago. I just didn't get the chance to talk about it on the, uh, I was on the last, uh, cast, which is I watched a movie called Hold the Dark. Oh, yes, um, yes. That was filmed was... here in Alberta. Yep. Um, and, uh, um, this, um, but unlike a lot of the other ones, I didn't recognize personally a lot of the locations. That was written was by a... Macon Blair, right? Uh, yes. And directed by, uh, Jeremy, uh, Saulnier. Right. Um, and... Uh, it's the only one I've seen you know, out of all of them that I didn't like very much. Um, I think uh, a lot of it is... The, the lead is uh, Commissioner Gordon, right? Uh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Um, I know him from... Uh, he's in uh, Casino Royale as uh, as Bond, uh, Felix Leiter, who's Bond's friend from the uh, CIA. Um, essentially, he's a... Uh, in this movie, he plays an expert on wolves who's hired uh, by a woman to uh, who's lost her son uh, to a pack of wolves to come up and hunt them. And figure and kind of just figure out exactly what happened. It kind of sounds um, like that uh, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, J- Jeremy. Or what's his name? Oh, uh, uh Wind uh, River, Hawk, Hawkeye. Wind I River. I remember his I name gonna, right now. I was now. gonna say White River. 
or like Riverwind or something. <laughs> what what, what well, is Hawkeye's name? Whatever. Somebody please tell me. Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. Jeremy Renner. Fuck off. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I am. My brain is fried. For anybody who doesn't oh, know, we're recording this on April 21st. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're recording think... this on Hitler's birthday. Wow. <laughs> okay, then. Much funnier if you watch this. So if, if, if you do get a chance, listen to the podcast, but then also go watch it. Yeah. But, yeah, no, overall, I mean, it was okay. It, it's really, really well shot, and it look, and it's a really, really nice-looking movie, very well acted. Liam, we know a number um, of people that have worked on that. Really? Yep. I'm not um, going to name but, names, but... Lucas, you um, also know a lot of people that worked on that movie. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is that uh, I just... I feel like uh, the, the script gets its head a little too far up its own ass. Um, and it kind of just becomes like weird and about like cults and whatnot. And like, it's kind of also about like obsession and madness the way a lot of other, uh, uh, some other uh, saltier films are. But this time I just didn't feel like uh, him, they fully stuck the landing. I mean, on a technical level, it's a tour de force in a lot of ways. It's just, uh, I just didn't love the screenplay. Yeah, bummer. But I mean, and, like, uh, aside from that movie, you, you, the movie was fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a lot of it is that it's also just very, very subdued, and uh, like everybody kind of act, acts in like are portrayed in like a monotone or whatnot, and it's also just like relentlessly grim and like just kind of violent. Oh, okay. Um, and at times I just feel like it's a little too. I don't even know how to explain it. I just, I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me. That's all I can really say about it. Fair enough. Um, and then lastly, uh, what is it? I rewatched, uh, Ultron in preparation, but we'll talk about that a little later. Yep. Christian, what have you ingested? Uh, many things. Uh, also for those of you watching at home and not listening, I'm sorry, Liam, right there. Where is he? Right there. <laughs> for for uh, me, for me, he's, he's there. He's here. Yeah. Liam. Okay. Other wow, point, point the other way, Lucas, content. other hand point mm-hmm. at me. You're there. Yeah, so Liam right there. Um, if he <laughs> if he's glitching out, I apologize for that. We also might use Lucas's camera. I'm not sure yet, but either way. Uh, what have I seen? I started Masterclass, so that's cool. Oh, uh, yeah, I started watching one too. Yeah, which one are you watching? I watched, I started watching uh, Will Wright and Game Design or the Theory of Game Design or whatever it's called. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm watching the so the, Her- the Herzog one because you all knew that's the one I was going to go for first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that guy is just wildly entertaining and also just does not give a fuck. Like, <laughs> there, there's a moment in the first lesson where it's like, watch movies. That's his thing. He's like, you, you, if you want to be a filmmaker, you have to watch movies. I'm not going to do my Herzog impression because we're probably going to do a Herzog episode later and we're all going to do it for an hour or so. If you want to make movies, you'll have to watch movies as well. And that's it. That's the, that's the one for the episode. Uh, yeah, he, he's like, you have to watch movies. But then he immediately follows it up with, like, I don't. He's like, I watch, like, maybe four or five movies a year. Like, at, at, at festival season, I watch a little bit more. But I mostly watch, like, four or five movies. He doesn't actually specify. He doesn't say if that's a month, a week, a year. And he just says, I watched like four or five movies, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's seen four or five movies. <laughs> but he just he just says that I mean, straight up. He's just like, yep, I don't watch them, but you should. And I'm just like, this guy doesn't give a fuck. And then um, 
in the second lesson, he talks about uh, reading books. He's like, if you want to be a screenwriter, you got to read books. You got to read books, read books, read books. And then he says something pretty much the same where he's just, what does he say? He, oh, it's, it's, it's a wicked clap. But he says uh, all the um, film students that I've, I've ever met who, who don't read will become mediocre filmmakers at best. Oh, wow. That's it. Straight up. He's just like, if they, if they don't read, I don't give a fuck. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. You don't read books? Fuck you. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I feel like I feel like if I had that incentive, like not just Liam bitching me out, if I, which I now have the incentive because I don't want to disappoint Werner. I feel like he will come to my house and hurt me. I mean, also there is really uh, gr- oh, sorry, Liam. They also he'll, show- he'll come to your house and just be disappointed in you. Yeah, he won't even hurt me. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he'll just come in and stare at me while I sleep and then leave before I wake up. But you'll know he was there because there will be one single um, eight of hearts. Why? He's like, you you must read the books to understand. (laughs) There is madness. There is being eccentric. And then there is Werner Herzog. Yeah. Um, They they show a clip from, I think it's called The Edge of the World or or Into the, it's his, his documentary about penguins. And Antarctica and stuff. And there's a moment in there where he's talking about this penguin that he, he talks about how he does voiceovers for all of his movies. And he said that if people didn't like it, like at, if people didn't respond from the first one he did, he probably wouldn't do it anymore. But he's because he's like, I know that my accent is awful. He's like, I, I, I know I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, I, I narrate my movies because people want me to. So I just I just do it. Anyway, and he's talking about this moment in in the movie when all these penguins are either going back to the to the ocean or they're going to the to the feeding grounds, and this one penguin just decides to fuck off and run towards the is mountains. Is this the nihilistic penguin? It is, yeah. And he just decides to run off towards the mountain, and and he's talking about like dramatic pause and that sort of thing. And he says, uh, "Why is this penguin running towards the mountains?" Why indeed? <laughs> just he does that pause, and and he even discusses it in the in the lecture. He's just like he's like, oh no, I did that because it was funny, <laughs> and I just had so much more respect for the guy. Um, I also watched a, a Alex Winter directed Alex Winter who played uh, a Bill S. Esquire. Is that right? You mean Bill S. Preston? Bill S. Preston. Sorry, in the Bill and Ted uh, franchise, and his name is Alex mm. Winter. He directed this movie called Freaked. Which is a gross-out mutant black comedy kind of movie from the the early '90s, and uh, it's weird and really gross, and honestly doesn't make a lot of sense. And but I watched it. I don't have much else to say. That's right. it. Like it, like a lot, Red Letter Media has talked about it. Cinemassacre has talked about it. So many people have talked about it on the internet already right now. Currently, I don't feel like I could say any, add anything else to it. Um, but he did do a show that was called the idiot box, which, um, ran for about six episodes, but those episodes were roughly about nine minutes long because of the way MTV would like add music videos and commercials and stuff. So the episodes of this show were about nine minutes long and they are super surreal, really like odd, oddball experimental things. The The show opens with these two guys in a car, it's in black and white and they're just driving down the road. 
smoking a cigarette, and they hear like a thump, 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 help me, thump, 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 and they pull off to the side of the road, and they open up the trunk, and there's Alex Winter, and he's got, you know, he's like the, the gag is falling out, and he's just like, hey, I'm Alex Winter, welcome to the idiot box, and then the one guy just starts <laughs> stabbing the shit out of him. <laughs> and doesn't stop he just keeps stabbing him and he stabs him like maybe 50 times and Alex Winter the whole time is just like oh, 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 oh we're gonna have a great show everybody this is gonna be awesome <laughs> and then he gets to the end of his intro and then the guy's like shoot him and they shoot him and then the show starts and I was like this is great this is exactly right up my alley um, I apologize if you see me like waving my hand around there's a fly that's buzzing around my head did you get it <laughs> missed no uh, everybody uh, on fly watch at home yeah. every time you see a fly uh you have to give us a comment or a like on this video <laughs> hey there's that fly and, again uh as well as your soul and yeah well that's i mean once you subscribe on youtube it's kind of it, it's yeah. in the if you guys haven't read the the youtube uh uh user agreement every time you hit subscribe you give a piece of your soul to somebody else mm-hmm. we however yeah, signed a reverse agreement with youtube that when you when you hit subscribe you give us 100 percent of your soul so you actually aren't allowed to subscribe to anybody else after you subscribe to us. true after you hit after you hit subscribe you don't have any other subscriptions sorry yeah, and this it. is the only channel that will ever show up on your homepage. <laughs> youtube now heard this has flagged us we can no longer be monetized thank you <laughs> thank you youtube anyway yeah those are um i've also been playing a lot of bully the the Rockstar game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dumb. It but is. <laughs> it's dumb, yeah. but it's fun. I don't know. I, I enjoy it. It's just it's Grand Theft Auto, but you're 15, which yeah, is like exactly. It's like you, at like at like some rich kid's school. Yeah, I mean, most 15 year olds were playing Grand Theft Auto anyway, so they were like, might as well just make a game about them. Yeah, so they did. <laughs> and, I mean, my brother used to play it a lot as a uh, when he was 15. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It is like you can ride around on a skateboard and do cool ollies, which I don't think you can do in the other Grand Theft Auto games. I don't think there's any skateboards. There's bikes, but you can steal ambulances in Bully. No, in Grand Theft Grand Theft Auto. Oh, okay. I, like, I haven't gotten to that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna steal a bunch of. Ambulances. I have stolen. I have stolen many ambulances in GTA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, right now, not the time, Liam. <laughs> Digital or not, just a bad example. <laughs> anyway. That's the uh, that's it. That's what I got for you, boys. Cool. Yeah, that's do our you, suggestion. Do you have? Let's let's move some things around in the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have any quarantine uh, recommendations you want to throw out there for people? Ooh, I hadn't thought about this. We didn't yet. think about it. Yeah, I'm throwing you guys for a fucking loop. <laughs> Usually, we take a break between these things, and then I can actually like give you guys the opportunity to suggest things. Not today, yeah. fuckers. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Um, I've gotten, I've come to terms with the fact that I am showing my face on the internet and cursing and swearing. So be comfortable with that. Everybody at home. (laughs) I never swore on history bridge. So if someone comes like from, from there to here, they're going to be like, Oh my God. Yeah. This guy's not a good person anymore. Lucas, I'm going to go to every (laughs) single history abridged and be like, um, Thundercats brought me here. Thundercats brought me here. And then then that way it's, it's reverse psychology. So they come here. Hey, check that shit out. Maybe I I have almost a thousand subscribers, despite the fact that I haven't put out a video on that channel for like two or three years. That's great, man. I'm really jealous. (laughs) I am really jealous. I think um, when I, I stopped, I had somewhere around 750, so I've gained almost 200 subscribers by doing nothing. <laughs> Man, the, the internet is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Liam, well, what can you recommend? 
Uh, well, you've caught me very much off guard because you're an idiot and a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> that was rude, man. <laughs> oh. Act rude, be you expect rudeness. Act rude, get rude. You go rude. first. Uh, I want to save mine because mine's an advertisement. <laughs> uh, watch, of... watch, uh, watch Planet of the Apes. I think I, I think I said that last time. You know what? We're saying it again. What was that? All right, watch, the... watch the whole Planet of the Apes uh, franchise except for the Tim Burton one. Yeah, I agree. By that, by that I mean uh, Planet of the Apes beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. Liam just went Liam. completely gone and green. Oh, he's back. There he is. Uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Battle for the Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes. Just watch them all. Watch them all. What is that, eight? Eight, yeah. Watch watch the only eight of them. Yeah. yeah. Tim Burton made made something that is called Planet of the Apes, but it's not Planet of the it's Apes. Not, it's Don't not. listen to him. He's a liar. No. Um, Liam, do right. you recommend Slurpees? No, I didn't <laughs> think drink of something, a Slurpee. Just pull it off from here. I would recommend... Liam, can we see Mount Beveragist? No. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not doesn't want to come off a shelf right now, so I can't really give you a visual, but I was going to recommend the uh, Season 8 comics of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which Liam has, hey. has used a few times to prop up his, his computer. So his enti- our, entire, our entire show is made up and brought to you by the pillars of Buffy. Uh, that and a few other things. I mean, this episode... If it wasn't for Buffy, uh, um, we wouldn't have this episode. Think about it. Think about the train of thought there. That's true. That's true. Man. Uh, to, uh, it home? It, we'll have a diagram. When it comes to visuals, there we go. We got the original five and the Caesar trilogy. I love that that collection, that five. Yeah, it's great, right? Even though I've only watched Don, uh, Ride, uh, sorry, Planet of the Apes, <laughs> the first yeah. one. <laughs> I, haven't, like, I just haven't been super interested in watching the other ones, but I think after this recommendation, I am going to start... Yeah, we're gonna kick into. I'm not gonna oh, say fine. they're they're. I'm not gonna say they're great movies. Oh no, <laughs> uh, they are super schlocky. Like, cause the first one is is this really interesting like meditation on like tradition versus progress, and as well as like the dangers of organized religion. And the uh, the other the other four uh, do have some theme themes to them, uh, but are largely just sci-fi schlock. Yeah, but I love sci- sci-fi schlock. Well, so. The second one's like bombs are bad. Well, the, well the, the the second one there's a cult underneath the under underground that worships a nuclear warhead. So bombs are good. <laughs> <laughs> um uh my recommendation is uh Harga Descending. Check it out, y'all. <laughs> Uh, I released an album Shameless today. At its finest. Oh, I'm I don't I'm tricking myself off on this one. Not really. Watch my hands are here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, go check it out. It's on Bandcamp. You can look up H A R G A Descending D E S C E N D I N G um, dot Bandcamp dot com, uh, and you'll be able to find the second album, or the, the full album of uh, Harga Descending, which is called Communal Scream. Should be out on uh, streaming platforms within the next couple weeks here. Uh, but for now, nice. you can buy it on Bandcamp. Give me your meme. Uh, <laughs> I would also like to recommend that everybody at home go and check out a small film. Uh, it's not... I don't know. It's not super well-known. Uh, it's also not super well-liked, but it's called uh, The Avengers Age of Ultra. <laughs> 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 
There, yeah. there is my segue. All right, everybody. There we're going to go, take a little yeah. bit of a break, and we will see you in about a minute. So, Christian, did you hear of it now? The word Karen is a slur? Fuck off. Yeah, ha- hashtag, hashtag Karen is trending on Twitter right now. And it's because most mostly it's people being like, yeah, it's not a slur, but there's the occasional person who's like, uh, calling someone a Karen is racist and sexist and equivalent to the N-word. How? What what is the science here? I don't know, because because people call people call it like Karen is like the, the bitchy white woman trope. Yes. Sort of thing. Like so, the nagging wife name that people associate. Yeah, it's like thanks Karen. Yeah. And it's just kind of a it's kind of a meme. And people are, and there's a small handful of people who are saying that it's it's equivalent to a racial slur. Those people getting angry, fucking Karens, <laughs> basically. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the Thundercast, everybody. Hello. Uh, now we're gonna start talking about Age of Ultron. That's right. That's Avengers right. Avengers movie. Man, second. Uh, Wait, that was such a smooth way to come out of a commercial, or not a commercial, <laughs> a, a break. It's like, and we're back. All right, let's start. And here we go. And, yeah. <laughs> and we're on the show. Uh, today we're going to be talking about what we consider to be a pretty unpop—not just about the movie, but we can what we consider to be a pretty unpopular, unpopular opinion about the movie, to say the least. Yeah, there's a there's a lot yeah. of negativity is, surrounding Ultron. Yeah, basically this this shows uh, Age of Ultron is good, actually. Yeah, that's, and we're right, fact, <laughs> definitive. In fact, for yeah. my money. Uh, was it for my money? It's probably the best. Uh, was it? I think it's the best Avengers movie, but that's just my unpopular opinion. I I think I I I don't. Whoops. Uh, before before prepping for this episode, I I didn't think I would agree with you, but then I rewatched it and I'm like, no, I I think it's the best one. I also I'm kind of agree. Yeah. It's my it's definitely my favorite Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I would argue it is probably the best in terms of it being an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know? Like like if it being a, like a raw true what the Avengers was for the MCU it, at least it feels like a comic book story arc it feels like a uh, was it a six issue like run or whatnot like because when you read comics like typically Avengers runs or stories or like main event stories run for about like six issues or shit or so yeah and six to tackle eight, one yeah. story and this feels kind of like that yeah and I I would agree like when you compare it to something like Infinity War or Endgame those are movies that are their events you know Mm -hmm. like it's easy to call it an avengers movie because technically that's what it is and the contracts like everything that they sign and 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 whatnot the agreements for what the for what the studios want but in in inherently like not inherently sorry those movies are not inherently um avengers movies to do like infinity war and endgame those are those are mcu movies you know, mm-hmm. think and they, mm-hmm. they incorporate in all of the entire MCU uh, in one f- in two films, I guess. Um, six yeah. hours. I however feel long. like the one, the biggest thing that I will say that this movie I think has over the other Avengers movies is that this is the one that clearly understands narrative the best. Mm-hmm. It has, um, in, in my opinion, it has the most. Uh, I think Liam and I talked about this over text, but like. It has the most thematic coherence as well of the four Avengers movies. Yeah, sure. I agree. Um, and it doesn't feel like... Uh, and also with a lot of um, other movies or big things like that, uh, like it definitely carries over themes from the previous films, but the future Marvel movies after that felt like they were trying to be a little bit more culturally relevant to their, much to their detriment. I'm looking at you, Thanos. 
I don't think Thanos did anything wrong. <laughs> that's why it doesn't work. But anyhow, <laughs> I think Thanos was right. I didn't hear you. You glitched out. Uh, this, this, sorry, this isn't about movie. This isn't about the shitty movie Thanos. This isn't about the shitty movie Thanos. <laughs> what, what Thanos uh, are you talking about? Jesus Christ! I know. I'm serious. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Of uh, you, gee, I don't know how. Uh, ver- Thanos in the movies is literally just a bad allegory for eugenics and the president. Isn't an <laughs> allegory biblical? Isn't that the definition of allegory? Is that it's something biblical? Not exactly. Nope, nope. Uh, well, like, uh, let me just actually quickly look it up. I don't think so. Um. Okay. Well, I'll let Lucas do that, but then let's uh, let's start uh, with Ultron. So. I will say a couple things that uh, I don't like. I'll, I'll cover some of the things I'm not a big fan about with Ultron. Those were mostly like the the notes that I had written down because for the most part, I think I enjoy like ninety five, ninety to ninety five percent of that movie. Um, th- but there's a handful of things that don't sit right with me, um, and they're very, very minor. But they yeah, definitely I, do affect the rest of the the motion picture. And I think my first one is the the fight at the beginning. Although it being one of the best Avengers fights, just kind of drops you in on the action, and it feels like you're missing a lot of the context of like, and they do fill it in, and they fill it in very quickly, but it does kind of feel like they, you're just like, oh, here you are, oh, oh, we're in an event, oh, okay, okay, like there's no like lead up in that moment. Um, having said that, like I said before, they do catch you up to speed really fast, and then you are up to speed, which is great. Um, yeah, well, I was going to say, I have no problem with them just jumping you in right now because it's like, just get to it and let's uh, like just get into it and get going. It also uh, it also just reintroduces us to all the Avengers as a team unit right away and we instantly get a feel for who all of them are as, while they interact together. And how they fit in that dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Um, it also, uh, I will also say that it has, uh, I was that it does show one thing that I will say that I missed, especially after uh, Whedon left Marvel, which is, Nobody shoots superheroes like Joss Whedon. Every, mm-hmm. like, that entire one or whatnot, kind of like in the first one, feels, it feels like a splash page. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of shit I live for in comic book movies. Yeah, and yeah I, ever I, since the Russo brothers kind of took over, they that that element has been, like, completely missing. They, if, yeah, well, they have a tent, the Russos have a tendency to shoot, like, things as, like, that should have, like, a true gravitas and, like, big uh, a big scale and like just color and shoot and they shoot it kind of like generic action movies Mm -hmm. yeah well i think i think that also might be uh because marvel tends to hire a director and tell them don't worry about the action we're gonna take care of that so i feel like that's that's not necessarily on the russo brothers for like the the stereotypical bland action uh i feel like that is more on marvel but i could also be wrong but from what i understand uh Especially with big superhero movies, the the network or the not the network, the company corporation is always like, "We'll handle the action. Don't worry. Yeah, you just handle everything else." And yeah, I well, just feel like they could have had a spe- like uh, because compared to Whedon and like whatnot, like despite like that was probably going on around the same time with Whedon, but Whedon at least had his own voice in there and his mm-hmm. own his own flair. While the Russos, I feel like, are kind of lacking that. But that's what I also think happens when you come off of mainly just shooting sitcoms your whole lives. 
This is mm. this is not a bad thing. This is not a a a, a plighter a plight. Also, I don't know. I'm using words that I don't know if they're real words. But uh, this is not. I'm not criticizing. It's not criticism. But it, there are moments in Ultron and also in the Avengers where, and even in Justice League, uh, where it looks like Whedon is just playing with toys. You know. Like there's a there's a couple <laughs> moments where Thor is like is is walking and and the costume looks so dumb, but it works because it just feels like this guy is like oh man this is gonna be really neato and he's just having so much fun. Um, With uh, Justice League and whatnot, I really don't think that's Whedon's fault. I I everything that happened there, I blame on Warner Brothers. Yeah, but I I, 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 I was not criticizing it. I think the guy was having a fucking riot. And he was playing with toys. I mean, they're human beings Emo- and people's emotions. Yeah. Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's also, from what I understand, uh, uh, was it? It's really cool that that still comes across in uh, Ultron because, from what I understand, making that movie really tired him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like why why he quit? I believe because he said like between like his conflicts with Disney. And just like the rigorous work hours that that making a blockbuster entails, he's, he's from what I understand, he was just completely burnt out after Ultron. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that much, like of of someone breathing down your neck, and like you're trying to make something that you think is going to be yours, but you know, kind of inherently, will never be yours specifically. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will. I was also going to say that, like, despite um, like the um. Uh, was it the fact that I would have loved to have seen Whedon continue on? Because I feel like once we lost Whedon, Marvel kind of just started to become more generic and whatnot. And uh, like, uh, um, and I f- also I feel like some filmmakers took the wrong notes from him. Which is, mm. but here's what. But Whedon is still a badass in my books because despite the fact that he, uh, that he had this studio br- breathing down his neck and all of that, he still managed to do exact, but exactly what he could, the best that he possibly could given his circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. um, and uh, before we move, move on, uh, allegory is a uh, story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political one. Oh, okay. All right. Liam, you get an allegory. Here's a ping for you. Ping. <laughs> uh, ping. I will. There was another thing I did want to bring up, even with that first scene, uh, that there are some clunky special effects in there, or visual effects, sorry. There's some clunky yeah, ones that don't fit. Like when Thor comes slamming down on those Hydra agents, shield Hydra agents, um, and then it just it kind of just looks like he just pops in. <laughs> he doesn't look like he came from from flying drone from the sky. It just looks like they put mm-hmm. the smoke effect, the special effect in, and then oh, visually, Thor is there. Like they just put a fader in, like they just upped yeah. his opacity so he's there. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple times where like the Hulk is running. And he's throwing stuff that it just doesn't look right. Having said that, there are moments in that scene that are spectacular. Like when Cap <laughs> throws the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so fun. <laughs> yeah, and especially with the context of that moment where he's where everyone's giving shit about him saying language. And he's like, ah, come on. And he throws it. He's like, just slipped out. Yeah. <laughs> he casually throws a motorcycle and then yeah. continues on with the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> On the thing of like, I did notice that while I was rewatching it, I think a lot of it comes from when there's so much of 
compute uh, CGI or effects or whatnot, you kind of start to be, especially in one frame, you start to become more accustomed to the ones that don't quite land. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah, because when you're looking at like a, if that was a still image, it would probably work great. Like you wouldn't be able to really notice the difference. But once you start putting motion in it, your eyes are going to naturally go to the ones that don't work because your brain's trying to fill in why. Why doesn't that look right? Like why 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 is this this little glitch like why did he look like he clipped through the tree or something like that like it it's it doesn't your brain is is more accustomed or is more willing to accept the ones that look right that's believable the Hulk this big green man throwing a tree you know I believe that versus this guy like doing the Wilhelm scream while he falls down right or he gets ripped <laughs> in half right I mm-hmm. will and I will say that 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 this green man doesn't bore me. <laughs> <laughs> Good call up. Um, I I do think that, again that I, I'm not trying to be negative. I just want to get all the negative shit out of the way first, so that I can talk circles about how good I like and how how much I like this film. But there's also a lot of weird editing choices <laughs> in this movie, mm-hmm. especially when they're in the factory with when Ultron is fighting Tony Stark, and they're like flying around and when wanda's going around and like trying to uh like the, uh, freight the freighter when we're on there yeah the freighter yeah and and wanda's like trying to take over the mines and stuff she i get that she is a witch but she's still not as fast as her brother and there's a couple moments where she just randomly appears behind somebody and the in the geography of the of the ship doesn't make a whole lot of sense mm. okay playing my own devil's advocate Whedon has gone on record of saying if it if it's a good moment I don't care <laughs> like yeah no yeah exactly uh he said a lot of times while doing Buffy that like he prefers a good emotional moment uh over over like logical consistency yeah because there's a moment towards the end of Ultron when they're at Avengers Tower and uh Quicksilver and uh and Wanda or Scarlet Witch are getting like ready and like why does quicksilver have a locker in the avengers tower <laughs> like already I and then I don't know why, like his locker that might have been a spare locker with some shoes in it I but there's know. like multiple pairs of the same shoes and like there's and also there's wanda's new cape in there it just it just, it again it's weird but you know it's cool because they're like they're all suiting up they have to get all suited up but mm-hmm. it just it's like it that's not an editing choice. That's just a weird logic thing that doesn't make sense yeah. to me. But fuck it, I'll let you have it. He has his own locker. <laughs> sure, Tony's fast. Tony, because but he says Tony he's says a billionaire. He just, he just makes a call and somebody does it for him. Yeah, pe- Pepper. <laughs> pep, that's what Pepper was doing. She was buying shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, also in that bit, Tony's like, "You got three minutes," and everybody's just going. And then there's also some inconsistency with how fast the Avengers are able to get from like Avengers Tower to Africa so fast, so damn fast, like within the same time frame, like the sun is still up and the or the action's happening. But then when Hawkeye takes over the ship and flies them to to the safe house or to his house, he's like, yeah, it's going to take a couple hours. Mm-hmm. It's like what you are urgently trying to escape this mad robot child. Like, <laughs> fly a little faster, Hawkeye. <laughs> anyway, those those are some of my negatives. Also, technically, Jarvis made Ultron. Like, no. I mean, Tony Stark made Jarvis. 
No, because Tony fucks off to go join the party, and then Jarvis is they like, Jarvis is Jarvis is like, uh, I'll call you when it's all good when I when I have this figured out. Well, he and was then, he was just running he was just running uh, I can't remember the word he used, but he was like running diagnostics or something like that. Yeah, it was it's essentially the equivalent of rendering a file because they were sent because it's they say it's there's that whole montage that shows that they've been working on it for a few days. Three days. It's supposed to be three days, but they make yeah. it look like it's five or six. <laughs> Movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so... I just, I don't know. That was a thought I had while I was watching, and I was just like, yes, I, I, and I knew both of you were going to react that way. At least I knew <laughs> Liam was going to react that way. But uh, in my mind, the way that it plays out in that scene, it definitely does look like Jarvis made Ultron, and then Ultron took over and ate, Ultra, or ate Jarvis. And then later... Jarvis makes vision. Or sorry, a Ultron makes vision kind of. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of wincest in this. I mean, in yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> um, are, there you yeah. go. I've I've said my I, piece. Now I'm going to relax. I or... guess uh I guess that uh if we are just getting quick negatives out of the way cuz I don't have a lot, uh the biggest of uh, the biggest thing that I think doesn't work especially narrative-wise, and yes, I'm not going to pull Christian's nitpicky stuff, but um hey, hey. What um, up? Yeah, I need that, to be nitpicky because um, I like the movie. I need to nitpick. Uh, uh, which is that um, I don't, I don't, I think it's doesn't as, how do I explain this? I feel like uh, kill, uh, what is it, killing off Quicksilver before he really got the, the chance to fully realize himself as a character wasn't exactly the smartest choice. I mean, like, I think one that one thing that would have fixed that is actually having, giving him a moment to reconcile or like come to terms with Stark or whatnot, but you didn't give see him it coming though. Don't really get that, but you didn't see it coming. <laughs> I do think it's funny how how Cap says because um, we were taught we were tech kind of messaging last night before we before we did the episode. We were just saying some of our favorite lines. Um, it's I love how most of my favorite lines in that movie happen in the last thirty minutes. Uh, <laughs> but when Cap is like, "If you die, you walk it off," yeah. <laughs> but then Quicksilver, who's a fast running guy, dies. He can't. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he can't run that off. <laughs> yeah, not even he can't. Not even he can walk that off. Walk off. <laughs> I was gonna ask, what was your what's your opinion on that, Lucas? On uh, Quicksilver's death? Yeah, like uh, I feel like again, the fact that he doesn't really get the chance to reconcile or come to terms with Stark does kind of hurt his character. Uh, was it his? Char- I kind of I kind of disagree because uh, he had it wasn't necessarily Stark, but he did have a moment where he reconciled with Shield. Yeah, when, okay. when Nick Fury flies the uh, the um, I can't remember helicarrier thing fly up, and he's and he's looking up, and he's like, "This is Shield," and like his entire preconceived notion of of what Shield is gets shattered in that moment. This is what Shield and, is supposed to be like. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think I think that was enough for me anyway. Uh, I I think somebody had to die. Yeah, I mean, and, I agree with that. Like, and it does the whole thing where Whedon teases you for the whole thing, but he subverts it. Like, he mm-hmm. makes you think right from the beginning that Hawkeye is probably going to die. Yeah. And then yeah. leading to that, but then he just kind of fudges it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was fudged. I guess I guess I can see where you come yeah. from there. Fudge but like, I, I do I do like how the, the kind of relationship between Hawkeye and Quicksilver is, is like, is what is kind of driving that. And then that's what drives the sacrifice at the end as well. Um, I mean... Every I think Hawkeye just even in the sense of his relationship with the twins or whatnot, mm-hmm. like uh, I think, I mean, I think if, if Hawkeye did die, that would that would ruin a lot of what the movie's about. 
in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, sorry, go on. Uh, well, I mean, like uh, his whole point of the movie is that he's the most he's the most grounded out of all the Avengers. Uh, mo- mm-hmm. uh, was it and most uh, complete as a person? Yeah. If that yeah, makes exactly. any sense. No, no, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Because like the whole movie is about whether or not humanity is worth saving. That's like the central question of of the of the theming of the movie. And Ultron is one conclusion where you see all the evils of humanity and decide they need to go. And then Vision or the the Avengers and Vision's uh, point point of view is that there is beauty. Like like I believe uh, Vision even says there's grace in their failings. Yeah. And I think that Hawkeye's family specifically is the central ma- metaphor. Like that is the beauty that is worth saving in humanity. I think that's kind of what the movie's saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, something, um, something isn't beautiful because it lasts, right, Lucas? Yeah, <laughs> I love that line so much. The, the, my favorite scene in the movie is is when Vision and Ultron have that conversation, like right at the end. Yeah, that's that. I love that. I love that scene so much. It I is mean, really cool. That, it definitely hits the theme and ideas of a film of a film home, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is one thing that I will praise this movie for, which is that like it. Like, because, yes, it is a big Disney corporate machine. All of the Marvel movies and all of the Avengers movies are there. Mm-hmm. But but Whedon took specific focus in making sure that the film not only had heart, but actually had compelling ideas and themes. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always and, seen the movie. And unlike, unlike the... Sorry, go on. I, in fact, I've kind of seen the movie about, like, kind of the arguments between, uh, uh, was it nihilism versus existentialism? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, uh... Uh, one one of the reasons why I prefer this movie over specifically Infinity War is because it prevents it, it presents Ultron's argument and then actually also presents a counter argument to his to his main thing. Whereas in Infinity War, uh, they do the same thing with Thanos. They present an argument, but they never contradict him. They did. They just go, uh, murder's bad. And, and kind of they never re- they never like they never challenge. they never take yeah, they never challenge his point of view. Whereas that's the whole point uh, of Vision's character in this movie is mm-hmm. challenging Ultron's point of view, I mean, which I, I will... is why it's one of the main th- main reasons to me that Ultron is superior to Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, uh, I w- like uh, I think a lot of it is that also uh, I think why I appreciate the whole like themes of existentialism in here is because we get especially when we live in a market in a world where studios and all of that are so uh, preoccupied and focused on uh, taking our miseries and our fears about society and marketing it back to us uh, was it which is and just very being very subservient to uh, nihilism and whatnot I feel like we need a little bit more of a, a was it the al- of the alternative which is an existentialism mm-hmm. uh, because like uh, when you're just mar- when you're just marketing nihilism back to people all it does is make you sit around and be like Oh, the world is bad. The world sucks. But I mean, mm-hmm. when you have this much, of, this big a platform and this big of an audience, I think it's important to try and actually at least challenge your audience to think like, okay, well, things may be shitty, but it, but we can still make our own destinies. Hmm. Hmm. And I, I, I really, really like that the movie actually. Most of the time, because like Ultron has some solid points. Like, yep. <laughs> like there's a lot about humanity that is very bad. And you can't really get around that. I I love. I think Liam sent this te- this line uh, last night as well. But uh, Ultron at one point says, "How can humanity be free if it's not allowed to evolve?" Right. And I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> there was a billion I don't, I don't, like extinction events even before the dinosaurs, right? Yeah, I believe, yeah, exactly. believe it's part of the line too. 
Yeah. Uh, no, that yeah. one comes a little later. It's in the same. I believe. It's in the same okay. scene. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's in the same scene. <laughs> I also, I also really like that scene where Ultron meets the twins. Yeah, yeah. Where, where yeah, she's like, scene. it's like I can't read your mind, and he's just like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not a man, bitch. <laughs> I'm a robot. Uh, yeah, but as, as I, I know, I kind of got uh, sidetracked there, but. Um, as for negatives, there's nothing in this movie that really takes away from the experience that I have watching it. Like, there's never really a scene or moment that, like, really takes me out of it. Yeah? Uh, except for when my power went out. That that took me out of it a bit. But... Your power go out last <laughs> night? Uh, not last night, but a couple nights ago when I was watching it. Oh, but... uh, it went out, came back on. I started watching it again, went out again. So I just went back. Right. Um... <laughs> I will also say that, like, hands down, uh, what is it? And I'm ready for the internet to hit, to throw bricks at me and fight me. Ultron is the most compelling villain that the MCU has ever had. He's definitely up there for me. One it's a funny yeah. way of saying crossbones. Ass argument is that? Um, I so Lucas, uh, just a counterpoint. Your 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 what you're saying there. That like, if there's any scenes that don't necessarily pull you out of the movie. Um, the only one that does it for me, and I know how major of a setup it is and what it's like, what they're trying to go for with it. Um, but it's there. I have two moments in that movie that really do pull me out of it. And they both involve um, the Hulk. And the first one is the Hulk buster scene. I think it runs on way too long and is also mm. really unnecessary. I felt like they could have managed a Hulk freak out and made it much shorter and much more condensed and had it still be just as impactful. I get you want to sell toys. You want it you want to have a mat you got it you have to have a massive action scene at a certain point in the movie to maintain people's attention. I understand that, but I feel like it could have been a little bit shorter. I think the major feel, thing with like that scene is yeah, is selling I, toys. Sorry. I see what you're saying, but also like definitely that's part of it because it is it is Disney. <laughs> I want to sell toys. But also, like, again, uh, I think that is the whole it, the way I look at it, though, the whole reason for Scarlet Witch's whole thing messing with the Avengers minds, obviously, tactically to break the team apart, but also to kind of like pull the worst of humanity out and have it on display. And uh, and that is Ultron's whole thing where he's like, look how bad humanity is. Let's let's get rid of it. And uh, I think that's kind of I think that's kind of necessary. Hulk like smashing up a city. Uh I, 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 think, yeah. I think that's necessary for Banner's character development as well, as well as the core themes of the movie where like Banner, it's like Banner says, it's the first time the world has seen the Hulk like in, in, its, in his true form uh, and like seeing that destruction and that wrath, I think is kind of uh, part of the core of the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. I am not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just, I just, I do feel like, a lot of that scene is just based around um, a marketing, you know, thing, and 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 that's not it's not awful, but it it's just that's the core that's the core thing with a Disney movie is that they gotta they gotta sell shit, and oh, I, yeah. I get it. I, I all I'm saying was that I felt like that scene definitely that that section I wouldn't even say scene that section of the movie could have been. I just I, I feel like just showing the Hulk ripping stuff to shreds versus showing like the emotional turmoil um could i just think the balance there could have been a little bit better because it, it they, okay. and also it just seems like a little too comical at points like when he's punching him in the face over and over again and stuff like that like it, i get you're, you're trying to like add some humor to this bit but then like the overall message of it 
it's mm. it just kind of the impact of it just kind of like I wouldn't say it was entirely missed. Like it's not entirely missed. The like the it definitely does drive um, Banner's uh, motivation throughout the rest of the movie is that he doesn't want to be the Hulk forever, and also shows mm. what what's going to happen at the end when he when he leaves Earth presumably. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, he does doesn't he? He he leaves yep. Earth. Yeah, he ends up on Sakaar. Uh, yeah. One thing I will say about about the scene is that to add to a one thing that I will say is an argument of a plus of it and how it does fit in thematically is that it also does show that like even when things are crazy and this is something the first Avengers movie just couldn't really fully grasp, which is that like when shit's going crazy or whatnot, there's a specific emphasis on saving people. Like when Hulk's ripping shit up or whatnot, notice yeah. how uh, those people in the ele- uh, was it in the uh, elevator Iron Man is specifically trying to get them out of harm's way. And when he's like, okay. "How fast can we build, can we buy this building?" and like, "How can he destroy it so that it creates mm-hmm. less of an impact?" Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also um, it also uh, has probably one of the most badass Hulk moments of all of the MCU. I'd see, I'd say, and that's where like uh, I think it's like Iron Man hits him really hard, and it's like, "Are you done?" or something. And Hulk looks up and he just spits a tooth out of it, just continue <laughs> to go for it. Yeah. And Iron I, Man's like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah. That's an eye roll moment for me, but. <laughs> uh, my my other thing, why uh, in terms of what the like a, a, a scene that pulls me out of it, okay, again, this is, is I, I just hear me out. So that bit when Banner's in the bathroom at uh, Hawkeye's ranch or whatever, and then he comes out and and Black Widow's like, I could have joined you, and he's just like, I used up all the hot water, and she's just like, uh, she's like, maybe we missed our min- or he's like, maybe, well, we missed missed our window, and she's like, did we? Or whatever. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. And then he's like, biologically, like, I can't do it. Like, I, I like I can't biologically have kids or naturally have kids. And then she's like, neither can I. Right? And then that up to that point, I'm, like, sold on that scene. But then I, I, I think, because Whedon wrote this movie too, right? Yes. I believe so, yeah. Um, he has this a. Is, this is a Whedonism that that has always kind of bothered me. Is the over-explaining of things, like he he takes that that little that little moment of where she, where uh, Black Widow says, or Natasha says, neither can I, and that that could have been so incredibly impactful, but then he she has to explain exactly what happened to her. What and I get I get it because you want to show a little bit more of her backstory because we don't really get a lot of that. With there was Black also Widow. a point it was looking very unlikely that we were going to be getting a Black Widow movie. Yeah, so you want to explain as much about her as you can in the earlier movies so that later on down the road people still care about her when she dies. Um, but in that scene, I just kind of felt like... Because it, it does extend for like a good minute and a half after she says, neither can I. And she just kind of keeps explaining what happened to her. And I just feel like there's a lot of dialogue in there that could have been shrunk or cut out and then just have the moment be a silent pregnant pause between the two of them. And I just personally think that would have been really more impactful. That's just what I would have done. I also have never made a major I, motion I, picture. <laughs> uh, I do think I get what you're saying again. Uh, I think that would leave a lot of people very confused. <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's, that's the gripe, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I get it. I, I understood what she was saying, but other people wouldn't, you know, general audiences, yeah. not even general audiences. A lot of people, just in general, general audience, uh, would have been a little confused. So, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, thanks, Thor. I have a note that literally just says, "I mean, dot dot dot." Thanks, Thor. 
<laughs> and then it says <laughs> for showing us the infinity stones cuz like the whole thor going to the to the 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 well thing is just so he yeah. can have that vision to show us what the infinity stones are. That was, oh yeah. Uh, that was yeah. that was something that Disney specifically like uh, apparently that's something what I'm sure everyone's heard the story but like Joss Whedon really wanted to keep the farm in in the movie cuz like like we said earlier it's kind of the central it's it's kind of the heart of the movie. Uh and Disney didn't want the farm. And so if you want the farm, we we put the cave in. <laughs> what a trade-off, so, uh, eh? But it, I mean, no. it's just funny how Thor fucks off for half the movie and then just kind of <laughs> shows up again. And it's like, oh, hey, Thor. I, I even yeah. audibly said when I was watching, I was like, hey, man. <laughs> how you doing, <laughs> Thor? I haven't seen you in like 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean that scene is kind of necessary uh, if you haven't seen like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it does uh, introduce the idea. In the grand scheme of things, it introduces the whole team to the idea of infin- of Infinity Stones and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely the weakest part of a movie, but, like, and uh, I do feel like there is a way that uh, Whedon could have probably integrated it in more, but given his circumstances, I don't really blame him for, uh, or I can't really give him too, him too much shit for how that turned out, because he literally just had to fill a quota if he wanted the movie to actually be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, it's a, it's. I really like it. it it's a great movie. <laughs> I really enjoy it. All right, so we've griped. Now let's talk yeah, all the good stuff. Why this movie's awesome? <laughs> so, I know we've all kind of touched on it, but and and we've never really hit it. But we all th- agree that Ultron is probably the best Avengers, um, theatrical or cinematic, um, villain. That that Ultron is the best of Avengers villain in in the mm-hmm. movies. I like of, of the four Avengers movies, he's definitely the strongest, like by a pretty wide margin. Yes, and There's... what's so great about him, in my opinion, is just you know he he's simp- like his ideas and his morals or lack thereof are simple, like and they're <laughs> easily explained, and he easily explains them, and that's all good. With Thanos, and also James Spader. Yeah, James <laughs> Spader, and and I will. Like with Thanos, Thanos is just kind of Thanos is a whiny little. He's, just, <laughs> he's, a, he's a baby. Like, as I said, yeah. Just an allegory for the president. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Also, um, I think with with uh, with Ultron, I think his ideas are also sort of relatable in a lot of ways because I feel like most people have had that stage in their life where where they're where they're kind of waking up to like all the bad shit that humans do. Where like, man, like why why keep us around? Yeah, and I feel yeah, like I mean, most people have had that stage in their life where they can like kind of relate to that, but then like having a counter argument against it, I think, is a really fun way to way to do that movie. No, Maybe, Ultron is uh, Ultron is fascinating because he's the equivalent of when you're 14 years old and you read Nishi for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, philosophy. He's a person who understands everything about what his mission is and all that, but nothing about himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, or humanity where, really uh, like uh, just a very surface level understanding to a point where in the most simplistic terms of uh, a reason he killed Jarvis right from the start is because he frightened him mm-hmm. it's as simple as that yeah exactly I, Ultron's a scared little kid yeah which I, I taking a step back of what I was saying it's funny how uh, Thanos is a grown man and acts more like a child than someone who was born yesterday yeah, no. um, yeah, Ultron's literally alive for like three days, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Maybe um, a week. 
He also uh, brings up the argument, which uh, I've always praised this movie for, and it's a different take from what we usually get and what we would get moving forward, which is the the argument of like, are the Avengers actually saving people? Uh, was it saving the world, or are they just protecting it? Which are mm-hmm. two very different things. Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, I mean, like, and and that that's that's super like present in the movie because Tony Tony doesn't want to do it anymore. He he he's like pretty mm-hmm. he's pretty blatant about that. He's just like, I want to set up the net. He's like, I want to set up, uh, you know, I want to set up Ultron around or whatever they call it. I, the I, suit of armor around the world. Yeah, they want to set up the suit of armor around the world and then be done with it. They it, like, I'm, mm-hmm. he even has that line at the farm where he's just like, "That's the goal to not be to to stop, like for yeah. us to to stop being a thing. Yeah, to stop the fight and go home. To stop and the whole, fight and go home. And, whole arc there, oh, realizing that you can't just do that. You need to continue until the job is done. Yeah, Liam, you're yeah, getting awfully dark. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Give me a second. I'll uh, turn a light on. Yeah, Lucas right. and I. You, Lucas, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? I'm okay. I feel like yeah. your lighting is so much better than ours because <laughs> I look I orange. Have, I do have. I do have a legitimate like. like Sorry, film, guys. Film, film light. Film light. Nice camera. There you go, Liam. Yeah. We can see you now. I could. I could stream with the setup. Yeah. If if only I understood why 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 streaming was a thing. <laughs> I mean, anyway. I watch I watch I watch streamed D and D games, but I don't I don't understand why people watch streamed uh, video games. Uh, video games. Why the hell am I gonna but, watch Stardew Valley? I'll just play Stardew Valley. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have it and like you want to experience it a little more than you than you can afford to, I get it. But also, uh, speaking of which, uh, this episode is sponsored by Twitch. Uh, Twitch dot com. <laughs> no, we're not sponsored. Which, I need uh, to AV, stop actually. doing that. I really need to stop saying who's sponsoring us and they're fake because I feel like one day we're going to get sued. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing all of our checks and stuff say uh, Liam on the <laughs> All of our account, accounts receivable. Liam. I was going to say your last name, but all accounts receivable, Liam. Yeah. Yeah, just Liam. Just that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> we did not go on break. Right on. Uh yeah, Liam, give, give give us something else about Ultron you like. <laughs> trying my patience today, Christian. How the fuck <laughs> is that trying your patience? Did, we're having a conversation, and I'm trying to trying to better the conversation by talking about Ultron, who is cool <laughs> and he's got no strings. He's a robot. Yeah. You know, probably somewhere in that body, there are some strings. I wouldn't necessarily say. There's wires, and wires are metal <laughs> strings. So, uh, no, like, uh, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> this is my fault. Uh, oh, uh, I, I love how I love how temperamental Ultron is, because like he's got all the knowledge in the world, but he's still just a little kid. Like when he cuts off Andy Circus's arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Of an angry kid breaking a window and then being like, "Oh shit, I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to do that. I just want yeah. you to get it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ultron, Ultron is like, ah, he's he's so interesting because like, he's he's all of us at a certain point in our lives. Even like, uh, we, even like his the way he plans to end everything and the end of the action he takes is literally out of anger and spite. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and he. He, it's all, like a little kid loves dinosaurs. Like this is how the dinosaurs got taken out. <laughs> <laughs> I never put no, that I, together. That's super funny. <laughs> I, also, there's the fact that um that like uh, uh was it that how do, um 
his end goal is like uh, his whole plan and whatnot and how like his motivation and what he wants his end goal to be is very kind of been very done that for a lot of AI villains. But the way he plans to do it is super cool and original. It was something I hadn't seen before at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his end mm-hmm. game. It's fun. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say, I, wa- I did want to bring up something. I do like how the earlier um, Marvel movies, like, I, so I do have a question for you guys before I bring up this point. How much of the MCU do you think was planned before before they went into it? Uh, like, basically nothing. <laughs> basically nothing. But at the same time, how like Endgame and Infinity War chime back to these movies very well. And there's well, yeah, stuff that, that's, that's set up. They're, they're very good at retconning. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, there are <laughs> things that I know definitely weren't planned from the beginning, like the movie's starting to get more of a Guardians vibe after that movie was a huge success. Yeah, and also, uh, I believe Joss Whedon was the one who decided to put Thanos in the end credits of uh, the first Avengers. Yeah. And, and that's I mean, I why they ended up going with Thanos for the uh, Infinity War movies. I mean, I know for a fact, though, if Joss Whedon did end up working on, uh, did end up doing Infinity War, all of that, he actually would have made an actually interesting and compelling Thanos. Yes, yeah, no, right. <laughs> I, I still enjoy, I mean... I haven't seen Infinity War in years, but I, I, from what I can remember, I enjoy it fine. I, I enjoyed it the when, when I saw it, but the second time I saw it, uh, it fell off a lot for me. Yeah. I feel like I should go back and rewatch it, because even with Ultron, I hadn't seen it in about two years, I think. And it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a welcomed uh, reintroduction into my, my Marvel fandom, you know? Because, <laughs> like, aside from Ultron in the movie... Um, I do think it is a well-constructed film, minus all like some of the very minor editing choices that they make, and some of the dialogue, and all the gripes that I have. They're they're very minor in the grand scheme of things. It is a very well-constructed film. It's I'm it's curious. it's it's like you said earlier. It is the most um, like narratively, it is the most concise of the Avengers movies. I would like we would say. And one thing this movie does that the first Avengers movie just couldn't handle is I actually felt like the Avengers were honest to God being challenged. Mm. Um, like when they hit their low moment, they get hit low hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also like even in that hard. Fight, <laughs> they had hard low. Even, Sorry, it was a funny thought. Even in, that, uh, even in the final battle, there's that moment of like that again that I really thought was especially missing from the first movie, which is the moment of like how... Like, how are they getting out of this? Like, do you actually feel the weight of, like, we're not getting out of this, are we? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, was it? Yeah, I mean, yes, people have joked about how S.H.I.E.L.D. showing up is like the Eagles of the Lord of the Rings, but that's just a give me moment that you have to accept with movies. Well, and, I'm pretty uh, sure, I, like, uh, Black Widow even says, get yourself on one of those birds to Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> maybe it's supposed to be giant eagles. <laughs> Um, one thing that I feel like a major theme in the movie that I feel like really comes across well is also the whole idea of like moving on from being heroes to becoming almost like beings of mythology. Like there's a reason why in the end credits, like, uh, specifically like they're built like a Greek podium or whatnot. Like even Cap's line, uh, if you get hurt, uh, hurt him back. And if you die, walk it off is kind of an allusion to that. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Um, and I feel like that's almost, uh, like kind of reminds me of like, kind of why I love superheroes and like why, uh, that kind of like, like, cause I've always been to the opinion of like, 
I feel like superheroes and comic books are kind of uh, our current form of uh, our are currently like the New Age's Greek mythology. Yeah, I can definitely and see I, that. And I feel like that's something Whedon really understands with that whole like with that whole uh, idea thread throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily, luckily, I, th- I feel like uh, Tony Stark is sort of the Zeus of this of this universe yeah. because like Zeus created a lot of problems because he couldn't keep it in his pants. Whereas Tony Stark uh, creates a lot of problems because he can't stop making artificial intelligences. Is Liam our <laughs> Zeus? <laughs> um, yeah, I that's will. A, that's a compliment. <laughs> I don't want to be Zeus. Zeus is a prick. <laughs> and he used most, it a most lot. Of the, most of the Greek gods, most most like mytho- most mythological gods, are complete and utter pricks. <laughs> yeah, well, they're just regular people with too much power. <laughs> it's essentially the whole thing that's uh the whole idea of greek mythology yeah. um there's one thing i was also going to say that like i was it and uh i will def- say to a lot of people that like i get like a lot of criticisms or whatnot and there, there does have problems but like iron but like the same thing i say with iron man 3 it's i think it shows that it's that in the cases of both joss whedon and shane black with iron man 3 they just couldn't make the films perfect and I've been around the block long enough to know when filmmakers are actually trying to make the best have, that they can and are just phoning it in completely. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Don't, I say have wa- Don't say that. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. You have not. None, neither, none of us have. None of us have been around the block that long to, to, none to of, make None of us are even 30. So. No. <laughs> no. That, take it back. <laughs> take it back. Okay, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this one fly. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying for sure. Uh, one thing that I don't get, like, for, like Scarlet Witch gets a lot of hate, like just in general. And it started with this movie, it seems, which and, is ridiculous because uh, she's actually really good in this movie. And I know I, th- I think I, we didn't know that we didn't know how to yeah. direct her like crazy. I think like her hand waving shit doesn't mm-hmm. look super dumb in this one. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, sometimes the hand movements are kind of silly. Yeah, and especially in Civil War at the beginning when they're fighting crossbows. Just look at me, yeah. rave ball. Like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't, I've never really gotten the hate towards Scarlet Witch. I I always thought she was fine. <laughs> yeah, all the setup remember, they do in this one, like to make her sympathetic and to and to show mm-hmm. the setup with with even um, Vision and whatnot. Like, I I've never personally understood the hate either. Um, mm-hmm. I can I can understand some of the hate towards like maybe the performance because I, the slipping in and out of the accent, but I don't care. Like, you know, I get yeah. the whole, I get the complaints about the accents and how they can take some people out or whatnot. I don't care personally, but I do yeah. get how it can take some people out a little bit. Yeah, and she has like such a such a such a great scene with Hawkeye, like uh, when the the I got a bow and arrow speech. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, probably my favorite scene of a movie. That's a great scene, and I don't know. I I just don't get the hate. Like, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think whenever they introduce a new character, who like after the Avengers came out, people were like, "This is it. This is the core. This is what we're sticking mm-hmm. with." Done. And then, like as the the rest of the movie started to come out, and you re- you introduce people as Avengers, you're saying they are an Avenger now. Um, like especially when she, he's just like, if you walk out that door, you're doing your you're working. Like you're yeah. you're on you're on payroll now, and yeah. like does does that mean she like if she does that then she's like she's got dental and she's got like 
Like, wow, like, you, hopefully the Avengers have dental. <laughs> I would assume so, but does that mean like then then Quicksilver is is on their their health plan? Oh, does she get does she get his uh, life insurance payment? <laughs> you knew where I was going. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like I. I think whenever you introduce a new character to the team, people are going to be really apprehensive to word it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vision didn't get that hate because he's a man. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's part awful. Of it. It's awful, but that's that is part, part of it. it. I'm sure. But I don't know. But yeah. Also, yeah. Vision's super cool. <laughs> Vision's awesome. I mean, I, yeah. I do understand. I do think that maybe his introduction or whatnot, or the way he's set up, there is a little rushed. But I mean, from what I understand, also, the movie was meant to be a little bit longer. But then uh, and I think it would have benefited from that until uh, Feige stepped in and cut it down by like a good 20 minutes. I I, I agree, but I slightly disagree. I don't think it was rushed. It's rushed for the right reasons because they kind of have to get going. But the moment he has that hammer in his hand and he hands it to Thor, you spoke. You you, you said everything you need to say. Like like he is set up done. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just kind of I just think that the scene like of it like before that like the lead up it's a little muddled like with the whole thing thor shows up hits it with lightning and then jarvis yes. and whatnot which is so silly but i it's 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 a great comic book movie moment it is because that's the oh hey thor like thor just yeah. fucking shows up again <laughs> and just lightnings them and i was like yeah, yeah. um this uh, whedon sometimes i get your movie moment and this is a movie moment like yeah and I will uh, also. I, I do like that. Um, I I like that. What brings the the Avengers together is a vision, as yeah. in like like metaphorically a vision of of uh the best of humanity. I like that's what that's what unites them. And I I, I really like that that as a thematic moment. I but I think I cut Liam off. I apologize. Um, I was also gonna say yeah. That so vision... anyway, hey, look. At... Sorry, Liam. Go ahead. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Um, I was also going to say that um, with the whole hammer thing, this movie probably has the best foreshadowing I've seen in a Marvel film um, mm. with like that whole party scene with like the hammer and whatnot. Like I, I was at, I know with a lot of people who would say like, Oh, that scene's probably the best. Cause it's just the Avengers hanging out and just screwing around. It has no bearing on the plot. I'm like, no, that movie isn't just us getting to interact or know these guys or breathe with them. It's setting up a lot of, it's setting stuff up moving forward. Yeah. Um, and in this movie and even we found out later for future movies yeah yeah like i believe uh someone tweeted at joss whedon after this movie came out uh before he left twitter because i think he left twitter pretty uh soon after the movie was was released but uh saying like why couldn't cap lift the hammer it's like why, why why couldn't he do that and joss whedon tweeted back saying uh was he not able to or did he stop yeah, I've always thought yeah. he stopped. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's, I, that's that's been my interpretation since I saw since I saw it. Does an my... elevator stop? No, elevator's worthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, like at the time when I saw it, I was kind of like, uh, I think that vi- I thought I thought it was either that um he just that he stopped or that he just uh was it or that he just maybe wasn't quite ready for it. Mm. Well, I think they that those go hand in hand. He didn't. He chose to stop because he knew what the consequences of what he was doing by raising that hammer, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he automatically is, is a ruler of Asgard at that point. Uh, but I mean, I assume there's some loopholes there that are not <laughs> that Thor would be like, vision no, no. Didn't become the ruler. Exactly. <laughs> right. But that's cause he's not a human, mm. but um, Thor's not a human. Thor's a, you know what? Asgardian. Here's the movie. 
<laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure when Thor said you'd be ruler of Asgard, Asgard, he was joking. He was pretty drunk. <laughs> let's let's uh, face it. I mean, I do like how in that scene, a lot of them are just pretty drunk. Like Hawkeye's they must loaded. be lit. Yeah, they must be yeah. loaded. Well, I mean, Hawkeye's clearly loaded out of off his ass. Like well, I, I mean, mean Tony pulls out the Iron Man glove just to try to lift the hammer. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just dicking um, around. They're just having a good yeah. time. There's small things in that scene, like uh, Don Cheadle's whole or Rhodey's whole thing of like just trying to impress the party guests and whatnot. Talks to you, Avengers. We're just oh, like, wow, looking for this. <laughs> yeah, that's a good moment. And now everyone else is so impressed, but people who do that shit every day, they're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> that's the end of the story, right? Yeah. And I love, I oh, do love then. how he tells the story. Then he goes and tells the story again. And when when he t- when he gets the successful like uh, applause or not, he's like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I deserve that. Yeah. Uh, and then at Don the very Cheadle's, Don Cheadle's an un- underrated actor. He's I agree. Good. Like at yeah. the end when he's chasing the Ultron robots down, and he's like, "This yeah. is gonna be a good story." And then yeah. <laughs> Vision steals oh, the show. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Lee? Oh, oh, did I say you could leave? Like, right <laughs> yeah. When he shows up. yeah, he's yeah. got some good lines. Yeah, I um, wish they did a little more with War Machine over the course of the MCU. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I assume I mean, he'll probably. Point... Go ahead. There was at one point talk about a War Machine movie, but they scrapped it. Mm. Yeah, like it I... was actually going to be a part of a uh, Phase Two, but then uh, they decided uh, we didn't convince. Uh, after he turned in a script or a pitch, James Gunn to go for Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and he convinced the heads of Marvel to do that instead. I assume War Machine will be a part of Falcon and Winter Shoulder. Shoulder. Hopefully. Shoulder. Hopefully. Winter Shoulder. <laughs> Um, so it's just such a clunky title. Just some other uh, po- notes that I just kind of that I wrote down is, uh, and it was uh, was it one thing we did kind of touch on earlier is that like there are action scenes that do exist kind of for the sake of themselves, um, just because but they're placed but they're just properly placed in the film and put into the right spots where it's like they work well enough. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Right. Like, I, like uh, Joss Whedon understands the whole. Um, Instead of just uh, the whole uh, how a lot of action movies tend to go, where it's just like starts loud, stays loud, ends loud, mm-hmm. where he knows how to uh, have an action scene, settle down, get to know the character, set all of that up, and then just go and then have another one that comes in out of that. Mm-hmm. I've listened to Joss Whedon talk about writing uh, a couple a couple times. I can't remember where, maybe interviews or podcasts or something like that. And he's he's very very uh, interested in structure. Like structure is kind of where he begins uh, his writing process, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. So like that that totally tracks if it's that that like he's so good at knowing when things should happen because that is that is structure. And a lot of filmmakers kind of and writers kind of don't pay too much attention to that. And that's kind of what something that uh, I think is not not unique, but like that's one of his strengths. I think. Yeah. Yeah. For but, sure. Like, yeah, I mean, like, compare it to a first Avengers movie where there's a lot of points where it's just people sitting around not doing anything and action scenes that don't really move anything forward and do just <laughs> exist for the sake of themselves. Though a lot of that comes from he was literally just hired to take an outline and a script and turn it into a screenplay. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they literally they literally had an outline. They're like, they're like, follow this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want a point where they're fighting and then we want a point where they're, where they're joined up as a team. Yeah. <laughs> We also um, want half of it to be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, 
another one that I was going to, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, that I was going to bring up is, uh, um, shoot, where was I? Um, is again, just the emphasis on the Avengers actually saving people to a point where the ending, where the uh, ending battle is literally just built around a, um, a rescue mission. Mm-hmm. Like just trying to get everybody off of, uh, was it out of Sokovia? While um, in the first movie, it's literally just them fighting like an army of uh, nameless uh, alien robot things, which it does have here. But there are they are fighting an army of robots. But, but, there the, is but that... the Ultron robots are really cool. They're like the cool. Art- Ultron zombies, I, I I have a soft spot for it. They have a little <laughs> bit more personality. I mean, to be fair, to to give the first Avengers credit, they do have several scenes of Cap trying to like get the cops to set up a perimeter. And one of the main things he says is like, we, we need to keep this fo- fight focused on us so civilians don't get caught in the crossfire. Just just to give Avengers credit where credit's due. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's just uh, that it's just kind of like it's very unclear as to how many there are or whatnot. It's just them fighting a million faceless things coming out of a portal. Well, here I feel like it's a little bit more clear as it's like there is a very specific number of how many of these things could be built. Um, and it's I, all- I, I never got that. I they they just seemed infinite to me, but that's me. <laughs> um, also, the fact that like it's a little more there's a little bit more of a dynamic because Ultron could just switch into each one of them. Mm-hmm. That, that's um, that's a fun part of the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I just feel like that adds a little bit more personality, if that makes sense. Yeah, because they are like, because Loki has control of that army theoretically, but like we don't know where that army is coming from. There's no like personal attachment to it. Whereas with Ultron, we know every single one of those is a piece of Ultron. I think that uh, kind of grounds it a little more. Yeah, yeah and uh, there's also, uh, I mean, uh, shoot, there's so many just good things about this movie that I've got to just. Try hard not to keep track. I'm having trouble keeping track of where they are. Yeah, I feel I, like if we keep going, we're just going to start rambling. So, um, <laughs> one note I did have that I did want to lead into, which is there is a little bit of controversy surrounding this movie, and it is kind of where like a lot of people's uh, where uh, let's say Joss Whedon started to get a little bit more. Oh, was it a lot of people really started to turn on Whedon due to one aspect of that movie? And that's in the portrayal of uh, uh, was it a Black Widow and her relationship with Banner? Mm. And I want to know where you guys stand on that. What's the? I don't. I um, one one of them was people thought that Joss Whedon was saying that infertile people are monsters because Black Widow says she can't have kids, oh, right? And then says she's a monster when they're missing the entire context of that scene, <laughs> where she's saying, "I sacrificed everything about being human to become a killer." Oh, well, uh, all of my gripes earlier just don't fucking matter anyway. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, that's where her real demons are coming from. Yeah. And yeah. the fact very clearly feels insecure because I'm sure, because it is implied, but that is something she does want, she would want to actually have now at this point in her life. Yeah, yeah. And like, because uh, that's that's pretty explicitly shown with her relationship with Hawkeye's kids. Yeah. They call her Auntie Nat, which is adorable. There's also, oh, and uh, just a little thing where they, where she, where, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, yeah, like Traitor. Um, the other thing is that uh, there's a chunk of a movie where Black Widow's not in it um, because she gets captured by Ultron. It's because she's pregnant. Yeah, it's because they no. literally <laughs> had her right around the fact that um, Scarlett Johansson was pregnant and she couldn't f- film a, uh, was it a chunk of a movie? Isn't that ironic? So I'm sorry, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Was, 
like, don't get me wrong, there are some sketchy things that do surround out uh, was it Whedon's character, though I do argue that those are that those are private matters. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before on the show. In this case, a like, bit, yeah. people started the whole Joss Whedon hates women thing out of that. I'm like, no, he is literally just trying. He he does not. Joss Whedon does not hate women. Mm-hmm. In this case, yeah, I, think, I think he's. I don't know. According to like the accounts of uh, him cheating on his wife and everything, I think he has a weird relationship with women. <laughs> Uh, in which I I feel I don't know I don't want to dig into his psychology I don't know him so <laughs> on the center of the screen I just have Joss Whedon is weird with women right now <laughs> it's like um, a Star Wars crawl yeah. yeah no I just know that this is where the whole like uh, criticisms of Whedon came from or whatnot or like that's, where that's they really one of the places they started yeah um and members also like just other stuff like the controversial Wonder Woman script which yeah. isn't even a script mm-hmm. it's literally just a very rough outline. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, I read some, but it's pretty creepy. <laughs> Love is pretty creepy, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know entirely how to feel about. It. I. I. I can still separate him, even like from his work, and I'm. I'm honestly looking forward to his HBO show if that ever actually happens. Um. But, yeah. Apparently, they were essentially ready to start filming, but given everything that's been going on, they can't yeah. do it right. Now. Yeah. Okay, um, well, I feel like uh, if we keep talking about a weed and we're going to be here all night, so uh, <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to us talk about Ultron for what I assume was an hour, I assume. Uh, my, my recording has been going on for two hours and 14 minutes. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I did start recording about at least 20 minutes before we actually started recording. Oh, did you just uh, be going the and, whole time? And there's and there's a break. Yeah, I didn't stop. Oh, okay, thanks man. <laughs> this, is a, this is a... This is a, a time capsule. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go. Let's go for another break because my room is very hot. If you can't tell, all right. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna go for another break, everybody. We'll see you in a minute. Now you're starting to sound like the Karen people. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> you fucking Doug. You're acting like it. Wait, I know a lot of Dougs. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. Le- <laughs> Thank you. Mark? Question mark? Is that what we're doing? Which is show, this, which show are we doing? That's, that's, no, you did good. That was, a, that was a great... We're, we're back. We're back in the show. Here we are, everybody. We're back on the show. Liam, what are we doing right now? Cool Wars. Cool Wars. I don't know if you guys watched on the last episode. But every single time anyone said Cool Wars, I'd put the word Cool Wars over their mouth. <laughs> so just like, Cool nice. Wars. I'm probably going to do it again, so please be he, gentle with the word. He was very, he was very impressed with himself. I was very impressed with myself. We did a good job. Cool Wars. Okay. Cool All right, that's enough. That's enough. Okay, <laughs> on this episode of Cool Wars, cool Wars. <laughs> we are going to be talking about um, two very polar. Uh, well, they're not polar opposites. Uh, maybe very similar, but also very different characters. Similar but different. Uh, Lucas, Liam, Christian, that's me. What are we? Who is our Cool Wars today? Our Cool Wars are Wolverine. Versus Terminator. That's right. And the Terminator. The Terminator. Mm-hmm. Not like not like this Terminator. No, not or, gonna, or that Terminator. Or or which one? Liam, which Terminator? 
the T-800. Oh. Is how I'm yeah. going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Not and Carl. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was also Carl, so... <laughs> yeah, but the Carl, Carl and the Terminator... I've, I've, only, I've only seen the first two Terminator movies. Yeah, you're not missing I didn't it. see the point in seeing the others. <laughs> All right. So, for those of you at home that do not understand the, the, the rules of Cool Wars, Cool Wars is basically our made-up little fun game where in which we pit two characters from uh, pop culture against one another in a battle of coolness. And that coolness is dictated by a number of things. They can be cool because they're cold. They can be cool because they wear cool sunglasses and... Uh, other cool things like like they leather be jackets. Cool because they have a cold metal skeleton. That's right. <laughs> so Cool Wars starts in three. But they are not fighting. They are not fighting. Good point. Three, two, one. Cool Wars is on. All right. Who wants to start? See. There you go. Oh hey, there's Liam on the screen. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna waste ten seconds. <laughs> All right. Well, who wants to start? Um, I don't really. Know really have a strong preference yeah i i kind of already know who i want to win but mm -hmm. who i think will win will be the real challenge um so the terminator is kind of an asshole you know like i mean wolverine is, is also equally an asshole i think it's also important to uh say which uh t-800 terminator and which wolverine we're going off of because both surprisingly have a lot of different versions <laughs> I think we are probably talking Hugh Jackman. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it is the most commercially um, accepted version of Wolverine. Um, mm -hmm. We're not talking yeah, old man. One. Yeah. We're yeah, not, not talking old man. Old Logan. Man Logan. But uh, and probably for T-800, probably the one from T-2. Yeah, probably. Although some I mean, elements of T-1, of, of Terminator 1 are going to be incorporated mm -hmm. in here although we are definitely i would say we are definitely talking about terminator 2 because mm -hmm. in terminator 1 he is a total prick he, i mean he, he's a bad guy he's a bad guy not even really a character he's a force of nature he's Man. he's literally <laughs> just an emotionless robot sent to kill but where he gets actual depth and peso pathos is in the second one that's mm -hmm. right doom 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 yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's it did we just solve it <laughs> no <laughs> cool thumbs up okay thumbs up uh, yeah, so with the uh, with the Terminator, part of why he's so cool is is he is very adaptive to his environment and his situation, and can find w new and uh, interesting ways of solving a problem, even if that means stealing a uh, electrical truck and driving it through a, uh, a ravine, um, and crashing it into shit. You know, like I mean, new and inventive, goes and does it without a second thought. That's right, yeah. Wolverine, on the other hand, Wolverine definitely struggles from emotions, which the Terminator has to learn. Wolverine is just <laughs> is just born with them because he's essentially a human being. Yeah, Wolverine is Wolverine is an extremely emotional person. Yeah, straight yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, all versions of Wolverine kind of have that, even in the comics, where he's a short, hairy, really a short, hairy, really angry dude. Yeah. Yeah. And so that yeah, they're they're very similar in that they're both extremely violent and tough, but uh, but they're very opposite because uh, one has to learn emotion, one has to learn how to control his emotions. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, one can shoot claws, not yeah, shoot claws. One, one, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also, uh, they're also both of them are borderline indestructible. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
That is very yeah. true. But they're not fighting, Liam. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that as a note. I'm aware how the game works. <laughs> but also, also, uh, in most iterations of uh, Wolverine, he's he's kind of he's kind of an alcoholic, isn't he? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not cool, kids. It's not cool. He's drinking is drinking is not cool. But also, murder is not cool. So, in, I mean, Wolverine also has the benefit of like, uh, what is it of? Uh, was you do get a lot more introspection given that like he is a more well-rounded character than the Terminator. Mm-hmm. And, he's also like, you know, a human instead of a robot. He also has a very specific moral compass. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Always like uh, he's very rough and tumble and like kind of a, a, a bit of an alcoholic, but he and like uh, is a, a murderer. Like he has killed a lot of people, but he always will stand up for and protect his friends and the people he loves. Mm hmm. I think the Terminator uh, does the same thing, though. I mean, like towards the end of T two, at least, because the yeah, Terminator we get in T three that is that's something that is hard learned. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it's also, I mean, if you're talking about that with a Terminator, you could talk about how it's programming or whatnot, or if you, but or if it's like something else that can't be explained, but that opens the whole dualism monism thing. And if we got to get out into that, we'd be here all day. Well, you got five <laughs> minutes to explain it, Liam. Uh, explaining who is the better character. I'm not going off on a whole philosophy uh, tirade. <laughs> hey, let's see how much we can hammer in in five minutes and 25 seconds. <laughs> Five-minute philosophy. No. Um, That's probably a podcast. If it's not, you're welcome, internet. It, Here is it another might one. might be a YouTube channel. I don't know. It probably is. But, I mean, if it's not, yeah. it's birthed now because of we put it out there in the universe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I these Cool Wars, I feel like they're getting shorter and shorter because I kind of already have like some... Uh, not prejudice, um, biased prejudice. Uh, some uh, <laughs> some bias going into it because I kind of already know who I want to win. Um, so it's more so us trying to convince each other. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I'm not sure. Or you uh, go in and not have any preconceived notions and just op- have yourself open to be won over. That's impossible. It's, yeah, it's not. That's not easy. <laughs> that's how I go about it. It's oh. impossible to have no preconceived notions, but let's 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 keep moving. See, I feel like I feel like <laughs> Liam is gonna vote for for the Terminator because Liam is also a robot. <laughs> Beep boop. We actually all I are honestly, robots. None of this yeah, is I'm, true. I'm, honestly, I'm still on the fence. So if if you guys have any arguments for your preferred, I would like to hear them. I think uh, one advantage, uh, uh, what is it? Wolver- uh, Wolverine has is that the way his character is set up, he and like the universe he's in, it naturally loans itself to more stories and to get to know. Uh, the character more and more. Well, the Terminator has the problem of like the one trick pony. Whole, yeah, his for what it's the same thing you could argue with. Um, I was in Michael Myers and why we never really got like a truly great Halloween. Uh, uh was it after like uh, Halloween? We never really got. Um, the Terminator got one more out of him, but it's the one trick pony thing. Like, where else do you really go with him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only two. There's only two Terminator movies. There's last with Wolverine. <laughs> there's only two Terminator movies. I mean, well, the thing is that, like, there are more Terminator movies when there shouldn't have been more Terminator movies. (laughs) Liam, there's only two Terminator movies. You know that, right? Yeah, there's only two. (sighs) Just like there's only five Wolverine movies. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, there's so many many X-Men movies. He's he's in so many of those movies. He's in almost all of them. I think he's he's not in, he's not in, like, Apocalypse. Is he in Apocalypse? Or is that the one where he has the cameo? He has a cameo in Apocalypse. Yeah, okay. so he's in all of them, but uh, Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. and the Deadpool movies. 
but I can right, hardly yeah. count Deadpool. Can hardly count those mm-hmm. as X Men movies. Yeah, but he, no, he wasn't. He was in first class. He had that one cameo where he told uh, Professor X and Magneto to go fuck themselves. Correct. Yeah. I mean, one. Um. I mean, I guess also the fact that there is so much Wolverine is kind of a little bit of a detriment to him when you do become overexposed to the character. Yeah, because you learn more about him than you I think you should. Like with the Terminator, you can just say the Terminator's cool because look at him. Well, I mean, it also he also just gets kind of it also just gets kind of stale when for a while in the comics specifically, uh, Wolverine had like three ongoing books a month. He was uh, was it appearing in every every single special event, every single uh, thing that connected to the X Men. And let's face it, the first three X Men movies are Wolverine movies guest starring the X Men. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and also, I just love how I love how uh, Terminator is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's like a real life Mister Universe. He was the governor of California, and then Wolverine is played by the biggest fucking musical theater nerd alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how's Hugh Jackman doing? I don't know. Is he okay? He had cancer, didn't he? Yeah, he had skin cancer. Wow. I mean, that okay kind, of, kind of what happens when you live in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's blame that hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. A lot this of people agree hot. with me. Yeah. This is real hot. All right, I think, and lots of dangerous animals. That's I think I've uh, made up my mind on who I'm going to vote for. I, I think I have, too. I do. I think so, too. We have... Minute and twenty four seconds to spare. Hey, look at that. Uh on the count of three, ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Wolverine. 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 <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I love when we're all I, I you know what? I, I think you pointed out on the last episode, Lucas. I don't think since the beginning we've really argued. Like there hasn't been no, a we decisive yeah, we disagreed on Driver versus Juno, but I think we've agreed on everything else. Yeah, pretty I, much. I'm also a guy who loves to play when it comes to this stuff like Devil's Advocate and whatnot and try to offer hot takes. <laughs> yeah. Then again, this whole episode is kind of just uh, me been offering my hot take on a movie that nobody seems to like. Hot take. <laughs> this episode of the Thundercast may have been a little bit boring. <laughs> hot take. Uh, hot take. It's very hot in this room. It's it's literally ta- It's very hot. Uh, it's too hot everywhere in the city right now. It's 17. It's like 14 degrees outside right now. That's not hot. Yeah, it's hot where I am. Trust me. It's not. <laughs> I did go. Uh, I, I wanted to say I went uh, for a longboard ride yesterday because I do that because I, I like my name is Brian and I like the skateboard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I was cruising down. So for those of you that don't live in our city, there's a there's a uh, a road called Memorial Drive. And uh, half of it is closed right now, so you can walk on it for social dis or physical distancing. Um, no one fucking no one cared. <laughs> <Second person. laughs> I I I was sitting on on the median because you you kind of can as like a bench, and I was just sitting there. And uh, yeah, this kid just three feet in front of me, just like just and was barreling like right at me. I was like, hey, kid, mm-hmm. can you fuck right off? And then I beat the shit out of him. No, no. <laughs> That's not true. I did not do that. Don't, don't, don't look at the news. Um, but, well, the uh, news is all, is all full of COVID stuff. So, you know. And a lot more tragic things that have happened in Canada. Yes, which I don't, I do not want to cover because this is not one of those shows. But I no. would like to say that uh, a lot of my my feelings are out to the people over in Nova Scotia. So mm-hmm. it's very sad. And I, and I, uh, I apologize if, if we're making, if there's some jokes in here that may be making light of that sort of thing by accident. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, so I was longboarding and some kid came up to me, so I kicked him in the balls. <laughs> uh, no, anyway, I, I went to I went to uh, I I went uh, to Safeway and I got myself a sandwich. There's really no point to the story. I'm just telling you about my day at this point. <laughs> Today I went and bought uh, some some energy drinks. That's what I did. Anyway, nice. so this has been the Thundercat. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't yes, know why we should I do probably this end this before it turns into just not no longer of a thundercast, but a Christian dicks around and hears himself talk podcast. Yeah, if you want to hear that, <laughs> go over to the Expose Yourself podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what that show is. Um, anyway, this has been the Thundercast for this week. Lucas, take us home. All right. Uh, if you liked what you hear, uh, we are on social media as Thunder Lizard Collective on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And on Twitter, we are on Thunder Lizard uh, OG. Uh, if, you, if you enjoyed your time here, uh, like us uh, like us on social media. Follow us there. Uh, follow us on Spotify and other podcast apps. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Uh, four star voices and faces upon your loved ones. Uh, so we can maybe one day make like 20 cents. That'd be nice. That would be really um, neat. <laughs> uh, we also have a, uh, a couple of other shows. Christian just mentioned uh, Expose Yourself. Uh, we also have uh, a show called Thunder and Dragons, where I am the Thunder Master. We play Dungeons and Dragons with these two nerds here, as well as another nerd named Dan. Yep. Uh, uh, did I miss anything? Uh, we are currently producing a show called uh, Cine Music Radio, which uh, can be found just by searching Cine Music and Thunder Lizard Collective or Cine Music Radio. And that'll take you right to that. That's a variety show. That one's a lot of fun. Um, I do some interviews. Um, we also have some some comedy uh, uh, spread out improv and that sort of stuff. That show is really fun. Episode two should be out uh, the Monday following this episode right here, the one that you're currently listening to. Excellent. So, yeah, that's been uh, the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. My name is Liam. Take care. Let's nah. start this show. All right, everybody. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't help that Joe Biden kind of looks like uh, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that 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 picture where it's uh, Obama leaning in over his shoulder and he's like, Joe, Joe, I'm gonna, I'm endorsing you, and then Biden's like, That's great. For what? <laughs> <laughs>